Welcome back to Run Through Presents Gone Running. It is Ben Shepherd here, and I've got a brilliant guest for you today. She's amazing. Her name is Rose Harvey, 10th overall at the London Marathon 2022, the first British finisher in a time of 2.27.59. Uh, in this conversation, you're going to hear about Rose's running backstory. You'll hear about how the lead up to London was far from ideal, and of course, a little about the race itself. Big thank you to Rose for coming on and taking time out of a busy schedule to do this for us here at Run Through. And do remember, if this inspires you to enter a race, runthrough.co.uk. So yes, enjoy this conversation and wherever you're listening, please do subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review as well. Rose Harvey joins us on Gone Running. I'm Rose Harvey. Um, I'm a runner for Puma and I've just run in the London Marathon on Sunday uh, where I finished 10th and first Brit. The photos of the finish line and we'll get to the finish line. Seems a bit weird talking about it at the start, but it's like pure relation. What was that? What was that feeling like coming across the line? Oh, it's just like, it's just all emotions. Um, yeah, I just I couldn't believe I knew I I knew from sort of halfway that I was I was in the first Brit place, but I still like just couldn't believe it when I crossed the finish line. And yeah, I mean it's just like it's so sort of overwhelming and so much like relief and just joy. Um yeah, it was amazing, but it's just so hard to kind of describe like all the emotions you go through within the space of two minutes. <laughs> Taking it back to the start then not of London, but of your running journey, I guess. Where did running start to be a big part of your life? It was really, um, it was really the start of lockdown. Um, I, I ran, I ran before I ran for my club, Clap of Chasers, um, but I had sort of a hundred mile hour job as a lawyer. Okay. And so it was very much sort of running, running for just fitness and, you know, mental health and just, it was, it was a real, you know, it was just hobby and it was very much fitting around work. So some, you know, some weeks I wouldn't run at all. Um, but at the start of lockdown, I was made redundant from my job and um, I had three months garden leave. So I actually, my original idea, and I'm still not really sure why I did this, but <laughs> my original idea was I'd sign up for half Ironman and start training for training for that and you know this was when we thought lockdown would only be a couple of months I thought great it's a good good project to keep me busy um I also did bake sourdough everyone's like oh that's a very ambitious lockdown project but you know I did do all the usual things as well don't worry um but yeah I started training for this half Ironman and um I met my uh my then coach at Battersea um and he he said, "Oh, do you want some? Do you want some help with your running training?" Um, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing, so I thought, "Yeah, great." Um, so I started started training with um, with with a group down there, 
And yeah, pretty quickly I discovered I was still absolutely terrible at swimming. Um <laughs> and still I but that hasn't improved. But I was I was getting good at running. So um eleven months later I, I had knocked nearly half an hour off my marathon PB. Um and it really just snowballed from there. It was literally, you know, in my mind it was going to be this summer project that I that I did and um a couple of months in, I was like, oh, I wonder if I could get a sorry vest. That'd be quite cool. Um, but yeah, a year later, I had I had an England vest. So um, it was, yeah, it's been an absolute crazy two years. And this year has been almost even crazier. I, I ran a big PB in Seville, um, and that's, that led to sponsorship with Puma. I signed with them in May. And yeah, I mean, that that was me kind of making it as a professional runner. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, it's just absolutely crazy to think, you know, two years ago, my life was just completely different. <laughs> if you were to go back to Rose in lockdown, baking sourdough and tell that Rose that like in X amount of time, you're going to be first Brit to cross the line at the London Marathon. What would she have said to you, do you reckon? Oh, I mean, I think I would have said, you're yeah, absolutely nuts. <laughs> but I hope I would have said, absolutely go for it and you can do it and just believe in it. Uh, chase chase the goals and, you know, anything's possible. But yeah, I think realistically I'd have said, you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Keep baking the sourdough, try a banana yeah. <laughs> bread as well. Um, what's it been like then, that transition between, you know, a 100-hour work week, like you were saying, to training full-time now as well how 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 did you go about balancing that right at the start and now like like you say after getting made redundant how has that transition into being an athlete kind of gone in your life yeah I mean I absolutely love it it's I just it's one of those things I wake up every day and I just have to pinch myself yeah it's I feel like I'm absolutely living my dream and you know, the summer's been incredible. I've traveled a lot, um, just, you know, making most of all the opportunities and um, spent some time out in America training with the the Puma Pro team out there. And it's just, you know, I just can't believe I get paid to do it. It's <laughs> absolutely crazy. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's just been amazing. Um, absolute dream. But at the start, I was, I didn't, I didn't sort of suddenly quit my job. I, I went part-time for a while. Um, and I think, it, you know, it was at the start when I was full time, it was it was really difficult to juggle. Um, you know, I would just train. It was it was like Groundhog Day every day. You wake yeah. up, you train, you go to work, do a full day in the office, train, sleep. And then I just got to the weekend and I was like an absolute zombie. Uh, so it was, you know, there's there is that time. And that is that's almost the most difficult bit. It's sort of getting getting to the stage um where you can just you know you're you're having to put everything into running and training but you've actually got to also put everything into work and it is really difficult to juggle those things and I think it just got to the stage um where you know I was finding it hard to give a hundred percent in both I think it's very difficult to do and it's just I think it's just an enjoyment thing as well yeah. it's hard to enjoy two things absolutely fully and and still have time for your friends and family and everything um so that you know it was it was also in a way a bit of a relief to 
just be able to focus purely on running for a bit and put everything into that without feeling like I still had to put everything into something else. When you wake up in the morning and you think, all right, like this is on the training schedule today. Does that feel like a privilege now? Like this is actually your job. Like this is what you do day to day for a living. Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still days that you want to stay in bed. Days where you get <laughs> up and you're like, oh God, I do not want to go for a run right now. I don't but want to do that. that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, everyone still has those days. But um, yeah, I think that's what I always remind myself. I'm like, you get to do this for your job, you know, get over it and get out. <laughs> So was London always in the plan then? Was this something you guys were targeting? Um, yes and no. It was, I always I always had it in my mind that if everything went to plan and um, I, I was at the World Championships in July and it, so it's a very tight turnaround between the World Championships yeah, in London and I've done the civilians in February. So it's a, it's a lot. So I thought, you know, if everything goes amazingly smoothly, I would love to get to London. Um but I was I was very much aware that I had three marathons to do in a year. Um, and then when I went to Worlds and I got COVID, that was like a whole other curveball thrown at me. Um, and so honestly, I I was I was training for London, but I didn't I was very much, you know, I'm not going to fully commit to this until yeah. the last minute because I didn't know if I was going to make it. Um, I didn't know if I'd be able to get fit or if, you know, to be honest, I didn't even know if I was going to be like healthy for it. Um, so people just seem to react like so differently to COVID and it's, it's scary how how long it takes some people to bounce back. Um, so, yeah, it was very much up in the air to the last minute. And then what was the decision to race then? When was that decision made? Like how long before the start? Um, it was really, it was about three weeks. Okay. So it was tight. Yeah, it was really tight. And to be honest, when I first, um, I had to have, it took me about two weeks to feel normal after, after COVID. And I say normal, I was still getting, I was still getting really bad muscle cramps when I ran. So the first, even the first sort of, and by this time I'd, it was, I'd gone over to North Carolina to train with the team. And the first couple of weeks were, well, I'd say first sort of 10 days with I wasn't doing big sessions at all. Yeah. Very much easing into it. And there was definitely a lot of like, oh, I'm not sure you're gonna be ready. Um, but the the coach that they were absolutely incredible. They kind of never lost, never lost faith in me. Um, even when I'd have to bail out of a couple of workouts. But yeah, it was really when I left North Carolina and I sort of suddenly, suddenly everything just came together. And um all the sessions were going really well. And actually I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be good for this. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a late surge, but everything came together in the end. Although then 10 days out, I got hit by a car, which was, <laughs> it's obviously been, my buildups are not normally this dramatic. Well, I mean, if, if the buildup has been this dramatic this time and you've done that, then with a good buildup, with a perfect 100% yeah. buildup, I guess that's only positive, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it kind of got to the stage where I think when I got hit by a car, it's just like, I, in a way, I'm grateful for it all because I'm not sure if I'd, if I hadn't had that whole roller coaster, I might have been like, you know what, I don't think I can do this. 
but I was like, you know what? I've got through everything else. So what's one more hurdle to get through? Yeah, I mean, what's twenty six point two after getting hit by a car and having COVID? <laughs> COVID's so weird for athletes. Like mm-hmm. it is strange, like you said, how different people react to it. Some people just brush it off, and some people it really, really affects. And obviously, it did affect you. Yeah. What was what was that process of recovery like? Was it total rest, or how did you kind of mentally get through it as well? Um, I mean, uh, to be honest, I feel pretty pretty lucky. I think I bounced back pretty quickly, considering um, it was more. I actually, so I had I had COVID at Worlds, and I ran um, one of the symptoms, which very unfortunate for a marathon, as I got terrible muscle cramps. Yeah, definitely not Literally ideal. Not ideal at all. And I I started within two k of the race. I ran to about 22K with really severe cramp. Um, and actually the worst, it wasn't so much the COVID, but I gave myself rhabdomalysis from right. running through it, which is basically where your muscles break down so much that your body can't process all the waste. And um, I was, I had to go to hospital for a day and have IV fluids and everything. It, it was pretty horrendous. And I felt terrible it's like having the world's worst hangover but you haven't had anything to drink and it's just just awful so that was actually the sort of longest last that was worse than the covid and it was more recovering from that and i just had to be really really careful um that i was i had the british athletics doctors were incredible and kept the reins on me and kept monitoring me and they were absolutely brilliant throughout the whole thing so they really sort of helped me help me through it and made sure I didn't go back too quickly, but it was very much like day by day, just, just making sure it was okay. Rabdo is one of those things that I've spoken to a few people about. A friend of mine did um, the bad water ultra marathon this year oh, and uh, yeah. he got Rabdo and ended up in hospital on, you know, on like IVs and everything. He said it was literally the worst thing he's ever experienced. Yeah. It it's awful. not pleasant awful and and like you say the recovery from it is is not nice either because it takes a while to get back to that point that you were at that you were at before okay on to london then um standing on the start line where was your head at what was what was your race plan and what did you think was the goal for the day um so to be honest i was the day before london i am my my knee was still really sore from, from a car incident and it was the day before London I did I mean it was hurting to run every day and it was just right. like getting through as much as I could so what and actually the, happened with the with the car incident before oh, we get so on to London what actually happened it was um I was just I was just running down to Tooting Common my local park and I was running on the pavement and um, someone pulled out of their driveway and just didn't look. And I literally T-boned their bonnet. Oh my so God. knee took the full blow of it. And um, the worst thing was they were they were really angry with me for running on the pavement. Um, but I know where they live, so I'm just going to stick a post of my face. First <laughs> <on> my- <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks to the knee bruise. Um, but yeah, it was, it really like swelled up badly. And um, it was... Yeah, it was it was pretty touch and go. But um, the day before, I tried. I, I did three miles sort of shuffle, and tried to do some strides. I literally couldn't do a stride. So I just and at that stage, you know, I was at the elite hotel, and I was like, you know what? 
I've got two options here. I can either run or I can not run. And there's nothing I can do to make my knee better at this stage. Um, I might not get to 5K, but I've just got to do my best. And, you know, I felt like so many people have put so much into this. It had been such a roller coaster already. I was like, my best might just be starting, but I've got to give it a crack and I've got to just see what I can do. So really, I, in a way, I went into it pretty um, just... Yeah, not not that many expectations. I didn't no. know what would happen, and it was just it was just about doing my best on the day, whatever that was. I think sometimes, having spoke to quite a few athletes, when people take the pressure off themselves, it seems to be that's when a lot of people have their best performances. And like you say, like there's been so many things leading up to this point. You got to the start line, you're not really putting any pressure on yourself for any specific goal. Um, is that something you've experienced in the past as well? Just taking the pressure off and getting those good performances? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to be honest, I feel like, and it's now sort of only reflecting on it, having had the whole London drama um, and that experience that actually I think in the past, I've just put so much pressure on it on a particular time. And it has either been more my downfall or it's just meant I haven't enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I honestly think, you know, that London was the most fun I've ever had in a race. It was amazing. I felt great apart from my knee being a bit sore, but throughout it, I just felt absolutely brilliant. And I was, I think part of it, I was just grateful that my knee hadn't given out at any point, but I think I was just so geared up for, um, making sure I had a positive mindset. And I was like, you know what? I'm a bit banged up. But what I can do is make sure my mindset is absolutely yeah. amazing. Like rock solid. And that will co- that will carry me through. And I think sort of having all of that going in, um, just, yeah, it just made for a great race. I felt great. And it was, yeah, it definitely, it definitely was a big part to play in the result. So gun goes, take off, first 5K. How are you feeling? Yeah, all right. I mean, the first 5K is always a bit, it sort of takes a while to settle in. You've got... You know, you've got nerves and it always takes me sort of a few miles to get into the rhythm and just settle. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just London. London is just such an incredible atmosphere. And, you know, right from the start, there are crowds. And it's just, yeah, it's an absolute buzz. And I think especially being on the elite start with, yeah. you know, absolutely incredible runners, it's it really is just one of those moments where you like try to take everything in um but yeah also just sort of get into the rhythm and and calm your breathing down did you have a moment in the race at all where you looked around and you like took everything in and thought oh my god this is like I'm here we've got here this is absolutely class yeah definitely I think Tower Bridge was was the first moment that I remember where I really was just like wow this is epic um, I did London last year as well and uh, you know it was, we're still sort of semi in lockdown restrictions and people were still told to stay at home and I really just noticed the crowds were insane this year so yeah Tower Bridge was one of those times Cutty Sark as well was very cool um, again just like so many people and then I think actually in the last in the last few miles I I really tried to focus on that because I was by myself for the last 12k was was solo effort and I was literally thinking like get to the next big crowd 
And that was sort of how I did it. I was like, right, just run to the next locale, you'll get a good cheer and keep going that way. So I actually really try to try to notice it all. And when you realised, right, you're going to get first Brit here, you're going to cross the line first Brit, what did that what did that feel like when it not necessarily when you crossed the line, but in the race when that was that was the realization this was happening? Oh yeah, I think I do I completely sort of change my um change my game. You know, I was just it gives you just such a big boost. When you're running for that, you know, you can just picture the finish line and finishing first first and yeah, it really does give you a boost. And I just, you know, in the race, I was just thinking after like everything that's happened it's it's not just for me it's just for everyone who's kind of been through a bit of a roller coaster few months of me and dealt with all all the lows as well as all the highs um you know it's just it's such a good feeling to sort of be able to to end on a on on a good note and kind of make it all worth it remind people of the time uh 227.59 10th overall first brit what's next yeah. Um, a good rest. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, no more marathons for the rest of the year. Um, probably going to just focus on yeah, a good a good rest first. Um, really recover, and yeah, it's been I've kind of done rolled from one marathon build to the next. So definitely feel like my body needs a bit of a break. Um, but yeah, just I think focus on some shorter shorter distances from the yes rest of the year, a bit more low key. Um, and then just figure out a plan for next year, really. And one of the wonderful things about London is obviously you were right at the front of everybody, but there were so many people there for charity, fundraising, people wanting to get times, people just wanting to run it for fun. It's one of those events that is very, very special for somebody that maybe is listening to this that has never run London, but maybe is inspired to potentially give it a go in the future. Like, what would you say to somebody just lacing up their trainers for the first time and maybe um, looking at London as a as an overarching goal for some some point in the future? Oh, just sign up now. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't question it because the more you think about running a marathon and how far it is, the less likely you are to sign up. But just don't think about it and sign up and it will be the best thing you've ever done. I mean, it's, you know... It, it's just such an amazing achievement. And I think actually I was, um, it took me sort of when, once you crossed the finish line, it took me about two hours to get through sort of media and, and prize giving and anti-doping. So I saw a lot of the people coming through, you know, two hours later and honestly just it, it like really pulls at your heartstrings and you just see people go over the finish line with just so much emotion. You see like how much it means to them. It's just, yeah, it's so inspiring. It's it's awesome. So get that feeling and yeah, sign up. 